a.m. 055 and 1079 FM. 990 WDEO, Ypsilanti, Detroit, W300CO Dexter, and Ave Maria Radio Station, and on the net at AveMariaRadio.net. Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. This is Colleen Kelly Mast, your hostess today, and actually every Saturday at this time. I'm a certified life coach, an author, a speaker, and I've been here on Catholic Radio for 24 years now, I think, 1999, um, offering free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. So I invite you to call in this morning. Your calls drive the show. You decide what the topics are today. I just get a topic right here in the beginning, and then you decide what the topics are after that. What do you need help with? Where do you need a little bit of coaching? I know that this week's gospel is about loving God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength. Oh, we all need a little help with that. Or maybe we need a little more strength, a spiritual strength to carry on our tasks of the day. Well, what's disturbing your peace? A relationship in your life that needs mending? Are you not following one of the commandments out of love for God in a way that you should and you're struggling and you need a little coaching or some ideas on how to fulfill that? Are you struggling in your marriage? Is there a decision you're trying to make and you just want a second opinion on that? Well, give us a call with your question or personal problem. The number to get on today's mass appeal is 877 that makes it toll free. 573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. Today we have Steve at the call screening and engineering. So say hi to Steve when you call and thank him for coming in this Saturday morning. And give us a call at 877-573-7825. This is Colleen Kelly Mast on Mast Appeal. So let's reflect on that and get ready for tomorrow's gospel a little bit and think about What are the most important priorities in your life? Is God number one? What do you spend most time with? Hmm. You know, we always think about things that are essential. Okay, we have a couple meals a day. We hopefully get our exercise. You know, and those things that shape our lives, our, our jobs, our families. And so tomorrow's gospel, Jesus shows us, where our priorities should be, where they should lie. So he's asked, those of you that have already reflected on this week's gospel and, and gotten ready for it, you know, he, Jesus is asked by those Pharisees, they want to test him, and he's asked a question regarding what's the greatest commandment. So he responds by saying that love of God and love of neighbor, you know, that should form our framework of our lives and inspire our actions. Well, if you're struggling to live that 
Big Commandment. Give me a call. Colleen Kelly Mast on Mast Appeal. My background is in family life education. I'm an author, a speaker. I have a master's degree in health education and teaching certificates in health science, physical education, and theology. I've already debated the ACLU and CECAS and and spoken on pro-life issues for decades. I'm the author of Love and Life, Sex Respect, and the new Love Ed video discussion series. For all of you to to watch and read and discuss with young adults today and young children today and teenagers today that are absolutely absolutely confused by our culture. So let's think about God's love and his love for us, and that's infinite, and how are we living out that love? If you need some help with that, give me a call at 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. So how do we place God at the center of our lives and love him with our whole being? Well, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments, right? And we show that both in love for God and in, with our care and concern for others, particularly those in need. You know, we show our love for our neighbor, whether it's our next-door neighbor or people in another country. Like even Maybe it might be our own spouse or our own best friend, or our own grandchildren, or our own next-door neighbor that, that needs a kind deed. Do you practice random acts of kindness? How are you showing love for your neighbor and love for God? Because those are complementary. You know, we, when we love our neighbors, we see God reflected in our faces. So, out of love for God, for, and for all of His people... You know, Jesus gave his life for our salvation. So let's open our hearts to to be a gift of love. And think about how and whom before. When I'm around certain people, am I not just like Jesus? Or is everybody around me saying, oh my goodness, they are just, they're a saint. Oh, they're just like Jesus. And if not... Let's work on that. Give me a call with your question or personal problem. The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. Actually, that gospel, if you want to get ready for tomorrow, is Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 to 40. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they were going to test him. So they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment is the of in the law is the greatest? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. When I was reflecting on that Thursday, my, my adoration day, it reminded me of one of the prayers of Father Ripperger's uh, in his deliverance prayer book for the use by the laity. None of us are exorcists, but, but he has a beautiful prayer book for use by the laity of deliverance prayers. And he has a, a purification prayer that can help us live this love of God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all our strength. And just the first paragraph says this, Jesus, pour thy precious blood over me, my body, my mind, soul, and spirit. My conscious and subconscious. Jesus, pour thy precious blood over my intellect and my will. Jesus, pour thy precious blood over my feelings, my thoughts, my emotions, and my passions. 
Jesus, pour thy precious blood over my words and my actions, my vocation, my relationships, my family, my friends, and my possessions. Protect with thy precious blood all other activities of my life. Lord, I dedicate all of these things to thee, and I acknowledge thee as Lord and Master of all. Now that's a prayer that asks God to help us purify ourselves so that we can live this great commandment. I also have a little love quiz for you. Um, Some of you are familiar with my book, Love and Life, A Christian Sexual Morality Guide for Teens. And it's more than just about sexual morality. It's about the whole framework of our lives that prepares us to live chastity well and understand uh, what belongs in marriage and what belongs outside of marriage. But I have a whole chapter on love. So I thought today, as we kick off, I'll give you some of the love quiz number four on page 55. I have several love quizzes in there, actually a whole chapter of love quizzes for teenagers, but we can apply those to adults that are listening today as well. Excuse me. The, um, so the love quiz one is about loving our friends and companions. Like, are you patient? Uh, can you wait without complaining? Do you avoid telling others their faults? Can you turn frustration into prayer and understanding? That kind of thing. But there are 20 questions of that. And it goes with uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Then I have a love quiz in, in my Love and Life book on loving my family. You know, my good example to others. Do I compliment and affirm others? Do I smile? at others in my family and then love quiz number three in my love and life a christian sexual morality guidebook is practicing the right things to say like instead of sorry i don't have time or stay away from me or um i even hesitate to say the word shut up because we weren't allowed to say that in our family we couldn't even say the word and i hesitate to say it because i got my mouth washed out with soap one time for saying the word stupid called my sister that so we had to keep pretty clean in our language so so what do we are we practicing the right things to say and loving people with our words and so i'm going to so we're going to go through quickly our love for god quiz that's in the love and life book and ask ourselves do i continually lift up my negative thoughts to what is true good and beautiful and if not if you're stuck in your negative thoughts or stuck in your worries or cares or you've got a problem that you need to solve give me a call this is colleen kelly mast on mast appeal the number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825 pep talk okay the love quiz on love for god number one do i remember to pray morning noon and night And if I don't remember, do I set reminders for myself? (laughs) Number two, do I really try to lift up my mind and heart to God during my prayers? Or do I just say the words? Number three, score yourself. I'm not keeping track. This is between you and God. But think about it because God's the guy we're accountable to. He's our creator. He loves us. He wants us with him in heaven. Number three on our quiz of love for God, do I try my best? to concentrate during Mass on praising and listening to God before I receive Him in Holy Communion. So are you really trying to concentrate during Mass or are you kind of letting your mind wander? That's the way to love God, is by concentrating during Mass. Number four, our love quiz. Do I talk to Jesus as my friend and companion throughout the day? 
I smile when I think of it because I love talking to Jesus throughout the day. Number five of the love quiz on my love for God. Do I join my sufferings to Christ on the cross? Or do I complain about them? Number six of our love quiz. Do I express sorrow for my venial sins by going to confession as often as I need to or as often as I can? Many people go once a month. Some go twice a month. Some only go a couple times a year at Advent and Lent. But receiving God's mercy fills us with his love again. Number eight of our love quiz. Do I praise God and thank God and not just ask him for what I want? Do I talk to him like a friend or am I just using him like a a vending machine? I put in my prayer, I put in my hour, and I expect these things in return. Number nine, about loving God. Do I try to learn and live the will of God for my life? Or am I just going kind of through the motions? Do I try to learn and live the will of God for my life? And number ten, do I try to increase my love for God with my whole heart, soul, mind and will so our relationship our personal relationship with God will be the foundation of our ability to love because it's his love that we live and share with others so our love for God should be the motive of living all of our virtues and this moral life that we live is our response to God's amazing love for us well how are you doing takes a lifetime to perfect this love so matter no matter how old you are if you're a teenager a young adult your middle age or um, older ages know that we continue to perfect this love so let's start now and we might surprise ourselves we might be able to see wow that was a loving decision rather than just going through the motions give us a call if you're not a perfect loving person yet like jesus well maybe i can help you with that If you have a question or personal problem as you're trying to live out your faith, give us a call. Your calls drive the show. You decide what the topics are. The number is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. And we'll be back with your calls in just a moment. Ever thought you'd make a bundle by trading in or selling your used vehicle only to find out it's worth a dinner for two? Well, it's much more valuable to donate your vehicle to Ave Maria Radio. Thousands of Americans donate their vehicle each year. The donation to Ave Maria is easy, tax-deductible, and supports our efforts to evangelize. A year from now, will you remember that dinner or your gracious and selfless donation? Go to AveMariaRadio.net to find out more. That's AveMariaRadio.net. Speaking about the success the state of New York was having with fighting the coronavirus, Governor Andrew Cuomo insisted that God didn't make things better. Man's hard work did, he said. Bishop Robert Barron addressed this issue in a very powerful YouTube video on the nature of God, reminding us what is written in the book of Isaiah. Lord, it is you who has done everything we have accomplished. Now, of course, Bishop Barron elaborated on that. We're grateful to God for what we're able to accomplish. I have spent years in the communications industry as a reporter, press secretary for the Wayne County Executive, the biggest county in Michigan, and as a communications strategist with my own company. I've covered politics and worked for politicians. I've come to firmly believe that if you're not grounded in public service and in God before you go into politics, you will become consumed by the power and actually start to believe you are God. This has been a Christ Center Communication Message. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo, a communications evangelist. On the next Epiphany, 
If you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Vanessa Denhagarmo here. Kate Milligan invites us to hear her talk titled Answering God's Call that will be at St. Colette Parish. There's an event called Evening of Hope to support the Hope Clinic. Ross Wainer tells us how we can partner to make lives better in Jesus' name. Epiphany, weekdays at noon on Ave Maria Radio. Welcome to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show with your question or personal problem as you're trying to live out your faith, making mistakes along the way, struggling, falling sometimes, the number is 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK, but always keeping our eyes on Christ. Actually, I just realized that is next week's gospel. I was reading and praying ahead, and so now we've got a whole week to think about how we are loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. So, welcome to Master Appeal. You give us a call. Your calls drive the show. You decide what the topics are. The number is 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. So, is Kate from South Dakota ready to go on? Okay, Kate from South Dakota, listening at 98.9, you're on the air now. What is your question, Kate? Good morning. I'm I'm struggling a little bit when Jesus went to visit Mary and Martha, and, you know, one sister said, you know, know, make make her come and help me. The, The problem comes in at so many of us women are working two, three jobs, we're struggling to to keep prayer life, family life. How do we how do we balance this? Can we just offer up our services and the love of family to God as prayer? Or I'm I'm feeling very guilty sometimes about not taking time for more individual prayer. But there's so much to do for our family. Mm-hmm. What can you help us with? Okay, good question, Kay. I think a lot of women. Uh, struggle with that gospel, although a lot of men do too, but since there are two women in it, we do struggle. And I've heard this uh, preached on many, many times and struggle with that too because I'm a, one of those type A personalities, they call that likes to be busy and work several jobs myself. And you're right, women have that tendency to do that because we have that capacity and capability of multitasking. It's one of the gifts that God gave us. And, uh, and men have many, many gifts. And some, just in general, the way our brains work, the, the women can multitask a little bit more easily, but the men can focus a lot better on what they're doing as well. So in these different gifts that we have, how do we balance this? Okay, good question. The, first of all, we do have to take the time to pray. Yes, you're right about offering all of our actions up, and, and we do offer our day, but we do have to stop or well, stop at the end of the day and start the beginning of the day by verbally and mentally offering that up. So I would say that, first of all, morning prayer is essential. And at minimum, as soon as you get out of bed, get on your knees and pray the morning offering. 
And if you're really busy, you can listen to a morning meditation while you're getting ready. You know, but if you can get up 15 minutes early and spend 10 of those minutes with our Lord, praying the morning offering, reflecting on that day's gospel, reading it, the, so you join yourself with the whole church all over the world that's reading that same gospel that morning, and asking God this question, Lord, how do you want me to live this particular piece of the gospel today? And make a resolution. And then uh, prepare for your day with God. Say, Lord, you know what I have to do today. I've got this, 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 and this. Do you see any, foresee any temptations that I need to avoid? And I ask for your grace to resist any temptations I'll face. Am I going to face some difficult situations? And, and would you give me the grace and strength to do that? And so you can, first of all, start with a morning offering. I'd say reflect on that morning's gospel. And then chat with God about your day. Offer it to him and say, no, I know I'm going to have a difficult uh, relationship at work and this person that I have to deal with, you know, give me this particular virtue. So, so do be specific and you can do that in less than 10 minutes. And then you probably hit the ground running. You've got to brush your teeth. You've got to get your kids fed. You've got to get them off to school. Uh, then you have to get yourself to work and then be this helpful worker that shows people what Christian virtues look like and every virtue that you live out during the workday is a gift to God. So you're right. All those things that you do that are busy, the way you eat lunch, the way you converse with the people at lunchtime, the mood you're in when you pick up your children from school, the way you greet your spouse or whoever comes home, your, your spouse or your children when they come home, those are the way of loving God and, and living. So I think what Jesus said in that gospel of Mary and Martha is that Mary has chosen the better part because that sets the foundation for your day. But he didn't say Martha was bad, Kay. You know, he didn't say don't be a Martha. Because, I mean, I can I can relate to Martha very well because she's saying, like, somebody's got to do the dishes. Like, somebody's got to get the food ready for you guys to sit up there all day and, and pray and talk and think. Like, you can't be starving. So somebody has to take care of those details. So you can go about your day, and if you have that opportunity, a beautiful thing to do in the middle of the day is when you say your grace before your meal and most people stop for a meal if not stop at noon and pray the angelus which is a prayer that just reminds us that the angel came to mary mary said yes and jesus came into the world and we can reflect on that same um, mode of our life of us of god coming to us we say yes to him, and we bring Christ into the world. And then you continue to do that the rest of the afternoon. I realize that you are bringing Christ into the world like Mary did bring Christ to us. So a morning reflection like that, a noon. And again, these don't take long. And then the, um, the Angelus just takes a minute and then say your grace before your meal. Or if you're not eating, you're fasting, at least say the Angelus. Stop at noon. Because this is actually mentally good for us. In America, we have this work ethic where we need to run, 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 go. And God is telling us in this Gospel of Martha and Mary, sit still and be with me. 
maybe three times a day. So then um, it's evening when you get home and you pray before dinner. You pray grace with your family before you eat. We want our food to be blessed. And that would be another time you could stop and just thank God for everything that he's done for you that day and appreciate him. And then night prayer, I'd say, is required too. And it really is five minutes. If you can do a night exam. Actually, I have I have one on my blog on my website at respectforyou.com, respect the number four, the letter u.com. There is one on the blog that my wonderful little granddaughter was able to format for me to put it on there because things scramble when I put them on. So my granddaughter, Alora, thank God for her and pray for her as well, has put the examine, which is a short version of St. Ignatius's night examine. And you can download that from my website, respectforyou.com off the blog and if you can't get there you can email me and I can send you a copy and the night examine helps us look at our day and see not just examine our consciences which is a good thing to do to look at all the Ten Commandments and see if we put God first if we didn't use any bad words if we um, honored God on Sunday and were respectful all day if we honored our parents and the elderly if we didn't kill anybody with our sarcasm criticism beat them down didn't do anything impure tell lies gossip be greedy or lustful you know so it's good to examine your conscience on the Ten Commandments at night and actually first know the Ten Commandments so we can examine our conscience on them. But we also look at our day, at our night exam, as St. Augustine asked us to do. Look at the day, if we can remember it, after all those busy things that you do, Kate. And then look back and say, Lord, where did I receive your graces? Thank you for those graces. There was a moment that I was able to live that virtue because of your grace. So thank him for the, those good moments. You can even go back and relive those moments and bring Jesus into them. And St. Ignatius always tells us to use all of our mind, our imagination, our memory, our intuition. He likes, so we can use all the faculties of our mind, as St. Ignatius says, which goes with next week's gospel as well. And we can look at our day and bring Jesus into it and thank him for those good moments. Then we look at our day and say, whoop, I missed, the, I missed here. I, uh, I should have said that or, you know, I didn't respond to your graces that well. I didn't resist this temptation that well. So you look at your day at the end of the day and see what graces you received, what good moments you had, what, where you messed up. And then pray your act of contrition. So it took me longer to explain than it will to actually do it. (laughs) But three times a day and offering all these in-between activities just gives us that reason to stop and reflect on who we're here for. And it's for God and it connects us to him. So I hope those three ideas help. You can go to my website, respectforyou.com, and download that examine. Or you can email me at... Masterpeel at AveMariaRadio.net, and I can even give you a night examine of conscience if you'd like. So thanks for the call, Kay. It'll help all of us. The following is a medical moment. Hi, I'm Bobby Schindler, brother of Terry Schiavo. Can you imagine receiving a phone call from your child's roommate while they are away at college telling you that your son or daughter had an accident and has been admitted to the emergency room? but they don't know anything more. In a panic, you call around the hospitals asking about your child. However, instead of being helped, you are told they cannot share information with you because of HIPAA privacy. You are terrified, worried sick for your child. How do you prevent this situation from happening to you? A healthcare durable power of attorney. 
This legal document will appoint you as their health care agent, granting you the rights to all information in an emergency and to make medical decisions on their behalf. As soon as you are able to, you need your child to sign these documents in order to prevent the nightmarish situation we've just discussed. They must be signed, stored, and easy to access so that you can have them at your fingertips the moment disaster strikes. This Medical Moment, brought to you by MyLifeAngels.com. Is social media leading to more young women getting cosmetic surgery? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Our daughter and family just welcomed a new baby girl into the world. The boys in our family are now outnumbered for sure. I've witnessed how some of our girls often struggle with self-image and body issues. These issues are now being enhanced by social media. First Peter teaches us that it is not outward beauty that is important, but it should be that of our inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Studies indicate that young women are going under the knife for more cosmetic procedures in direct response to social media. Encourage the women in your life to practice self-compassion. Build them up. Help them find ways to be content in their own skin. True self-esteem is having confidence that I am who God says I am. For more on this, head over to our Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. This is Colleen Kelly Mast, and you're listening to our show called Mast Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. Your calls drive the show. You decide what the topics are today. We were talking about following the commandments, and Kate called in about living a life of balance, still putting God first, but getting the daily tasks done. So what is your question or personal problem? Give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALKS. This is Colleen Kelly-Matt. I'm a life coach, an author, a speaker, a mother, and a wife. I've been married way over 40 years now. I have three adult children. No, five adult children. (laughs) I have three that have children as well, Um, and two that are not married. So I have five adult children, and um, I came from a large family of nine. So we probably, between me, my cousins, brothers and sisters, ourselves, have had some of those same problems that you have. So know that you are not alone, especially in dealing with extended family. A lot of problems come up that way because we have there are people that live the faith and people that do not live the faith, and we sometimes are uncomfortable around people who are living a whole different life than we are. How do we reach out to those people? Give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. I had a, uh, we had a little reunion with my brothers and sisters last weekend. We had not all been together in the same place at the same time since 2011 when my dad died that I can remember um, and I don't think because my mom died during COVID and we couldn't get together we um, I don't even want to talk about that that was a bad experience to have it try to bury someone during COVID and be with them when they died but we got through that but anyway um, when we think of what we are called to do you know in our life and what we're challenged by in our life um, 
we always have questions and personal problems. So give me a call with your question or personal problem. It might be some of the ones I had last weekend with my own siblings that are <laughs> gathering. But we did, my brother would stop the fights. <laughs> we did okay. And uh, we did have a wonderful time using my mom's old recipes. That's what we got together for. Everybody, almost everybody, brought um, a dish that was one of my mom's old recipes, like from the 60s. So it was uh, interesting, and uh, we had a lot of reminiscing to do. So then I, I wanted to say that Kay's call kind of led us into tomorrow's, or not tomorrow, next week's second reading um, from from Paul to Thessalonians. And he says, because he says, and you become imitators of us and of the Lord, receiving the word in great affliction with joy from the Holy Spirit, so that you became a model for all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has shown forth, so that we have no need to say anything. So this kind of is an outreach of this Mary and Martha gospel is that Paul's complimenting the Thessalonians that you're living it. You're living this beautiful faith that Jesus Christ has given us and that is part of our loving God. Give us a call with your question or personal problem as you're struggling to live out your faith in today's crazy world. The number is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. Let's see. Anna from Illinois on the EWTN app. Welcome to Mass Appeal, Anna. How can I help you today? Hi, uh, Kelly. Um, I wanted to... Colleen, I'm sorry. Um, I, my sister is um, in an abusive relationship. She has um, eight, oh, you know what, I've actually lost count, eight or nine kids oh with four my. different men. And, oh, with four different um, men. Oh, my goodness. Four different men. So she currently, with the one she's with, has three with him. Um, she, um, she has, He has held a gun to her head multiple times. He has physically abused her it is um now affecting some of the other children obviously the ones she had from prior relationships and um it's it's like this cycle where she'll uh reach out to my parents and you know okay that this is it i'm leaving so on and so forth Mm -hmm. and a week later a month later she's right there back with him Mm -hmm. um she she claims, you know, to be a devout Catholic, attending Mass. She receives the Eucharist. So um, at least she thinks she's, you know, faithful. But um, at this point, uh, Colleen, we're just waiting for a call to say that someone, something happened. Because yeah. it's really clear she doesn't really want help, I guess. So I guess I'm just trying to reach out to you and see, like, I know there's really at this point all we can do is pray and fast for her. But... Um, should it come to a point where maybe she truly does want help? Do you know of any organizations or do you know of um, just ways even for us to help prepare ourselves really at this point mm-hmm. for just, I'm I'm waiting for a call to say that something happened now yeah. for real. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't even stand back, Anna. Actually, if the house was on fire, you would run in and rescue her, right? And the children. Mm-hmm. And this is, a house is on fire. Even devout Catholics know that marriage does not include physical abuse and putting a gun to your head. That she mm-hmm. needs, for her, for her own safety to be separated from this situation. 
situation. But then she's bound. Well, she, she's not married. She's, they're not married. Oh, not well, how is, how is she being threatened then? Um, so well, they live together. They live together. Oh, okay. Uh, but they're not married. Uh huh. Okay. And uh, just yeah. Okay, so I would suggest an intervention um, that you that a couple family members get together and maybe invite mm-hmm. her to a counselor or a mediator and and help her see the the senselessness of her situation. And mm-hmm. the other thing is to help her first of all pray for her, which is going to be the key and the, you know the the bottom line of it. But there's some physical help she needs probably either some. Um, better nutrition, some exercise. She needs to take care of herself better so she's mentally healthy enough to make the decision she needs to make. You can't just leave her there by the side of the road. It kind of reminds me of the Good Samaritan story. Like, there she is, beaten up at the side of the road. We have to do more than pray for her. Whatever you can do to to rescue her, bring her to Catholic Charities, bring her to a woman's shelter where they have counselors that can help her see this. Because she's caught in this trap, this, this bonding, this sexual bonding, and this desire for love looking in all the wrong places. So if you can have some kind of intervention, get some professional help, perceive that this is dangerous for her and the children. And it is mm-hmm. so, so hard because she's looking for this love or this belonging, this security, and that's why she has four different men and, and eight kids. But to stay in a situation where she is being physically abused and somebody's putting a gun to her head, this is dangerous and it's wrong. And so to, to save, rescue her from that, just do, do more than just pray. Um, ask her uh, to to come and get some help, get some counseling, uh, go to a woman's shelter where they have people that can counsel her, and then find out if the guy that she's with is uh, has any potential to be a marriage partner or not, or he just wants to use her. And then move in as an aunt and do what you can do to have a relationship with the children, talking to them, showing them what love is, teaching them how to pray so they can connect to God, our, our Father, our ultimate father so help help as well as you can with the relationship with the kids and teach them how to love as well thanks for the call anna the eastern catholic re-evangelization center presents the fifth annual men's conference at saint joseph's chaldean church in troy one of the great guest speakers is father john ricardo very excited to invite you to join me and especially to talk about jesus he's got a crucial mission for you and I to be a part of. Can't wait to break that open with you soon. Also speaking is Sterling Heights Stevenson's head football coach, Justin Newcomb. That's Saturday, October 28th. To learn more, go to ecrc.us. This week on Christ is the Answer, Father John talks about real male friendship. It's important for men to have good Christian brothers. We should be there for one another, calling each other on to greater virtue in the way that only men know how to do for one another. Young men especially today need that strong witness of holiness to aspire to. Don't miss out this week as Father John talks about male friendship and God's will for our lives. Tune in for Christ is the Answer Monday through Fridays at 11 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio. What will happen when Jesus Christ comes to judge the living and the dead? On the last day, the Catholic Catechism tells us everything will be laid bare. The deeds, thoughts, and works of all men and women. Then will culpable unbelief be condemned. Culpable unbelief discounts the offer of God's grace as nothing. Our attitude toward our neighbor will reveal our acceptance or rejection of God's grace and divine love. 
Our Lord will say, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. Though Christ is given authority over all judgment, a right he acquired by way of the cross as Redeemer of the world, Jesus did not come to judge but to save and to give the life he has within himself. If we reject the grace we receive in this life, we already judge ourselves according to our works. We can even condemn ourselves for all eternity by rejecting the spirit of love. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Welcome to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. This is Colleen Kelly Mast. You can give us a call here for some free, friendly advice at 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. You can learn more about my work at my website, respect, the number four, the letter U.com, respect for you.com. And we were talking about loving God and, and loving our neighbor and following the great commandment, so it's something good to think about because Jesus summarizes that whole law as loving God and loving others. So think about Which of those two loves need more of your attention in your life right now? Well, obviously, with Anna, her love of her neighbor, being her sister, means something else, is an important part of her life. When we love our relatives, our neighbors, we want to rescue them from their sin, their weaknesses, um, their problems, as well as they are open to, and as much as we can, so they can see God's love in us. It's like that prodigal son's father who came out to greet him. It's still hard to understand that gospel. We want to be that older brother <laughs> and says, hey, yeah, I was good all the whole time. But, uh, but how do we be that prodigal son's father? Go out and reach out or practice that spiritual work of mercy, of admonish the sinner, instruct the ignorant, counsel the doubtful. So sometimes we need to do that. Sometimes we're called to do that. And that's part of our love for our neighbor is love for their eternal soul and in Anna's situation for her sister's safety okay let's move on you give us a call with your question or personal problem you decide what the topics are today as we're trying to live out our faith in a world that is not faithful as the, maybe the same world we grew up in the number is 877-573-7825 877-5-PEP-TALK our next caller is Angel from Albany, Georgia listening on W W-T-O-A. Welcome to the show, Angel. You are on the air now. What's your question? Well, my problem is is that I'm very involved in my parish. But my brother and his wife and their children are, are not active at all. They're not going to church anywhere. Mm. So, you know, when they have that, and it seems like they plan stuff when they know that I've got a commitment at the church. Oh, on purpose? <laughs> well, I won't say it's on purpose, but they don't consider. Yeah, they're inconsistent. I don't know about. if it's on purpose okay. or not. Fine. But anyway, so a couple months ago, um, they got mad. And and I talked to my brother about it, and, and he said that, you know, I was putting the church ahead of them, and, you know, I do all these things for these other kids. Like, you know, they asked me to be a confirmation sponsor. And, you know, I even drove from Albany to Savannah, which is like almost four hours because this young man asked me to be his confirmation sponsor. 
but mm. you know they don't they 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 just see me as putting the church uh, in front of them, which I do. I, mm-hmm. I admit it. Yeah. Because when I'm at church, when I'm doing work at the church, you know, I feel alive. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that that's where I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be. Exactly. I and understand. I'm not going to stop. Okay. And they never speak to me again. Well, I can live with that too. Okay, um, I would have an interesting approach to that. I think Angel, to, to wait, the way to respond to him is instead of taking it in as a criticism and you thinking that this is wrong, I would respond very lightly when he says, you know, if you got mad, okay, you don't you love the church more than us, or you don't come to our things. Like I would just respond, oh come on, you know you're planning things right when I'm going to be busy at church. You know the timing of these things. So I would turn it back on him and just say, you know, whether or not he's doing it intentionally, and just say, hey, I'm asking you to be a little more considerate of that. So I wouldn't take it as like a deep He's putting me down criticism. I would take it a little more lightly and 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 toss it back to him and say, hey, come on, I love you. You're my brother and you love me, so let's try to plan stuff when I'm not always busy. And then if he says, um, you know, that you're neglecting your family, then you can you could apologize even and say, oh, I'm sorry. If I if it if it appears that I'm neglecting you, what do you want to do together? How can I help you? What do we want to do together that's fun? Let's plan something that matches both of our schedules. So turn that back around him too and say, Oh, I am sorry. If it seems like I'm neglecting you, I certainly don't mean to. I love you, you're my brother. What do you want to do together? Should we go out to dinner? You know, should we plan something that's on a Saturday? You know, and sometimes if there's an important family function, you might want to adjust the mass you go to and show them some consideration. But but don't take it as, don't let this divide your family, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Don't let this create a wall between you. Just start breaking down that wall a little at a time by tossing it back and saying, oh, sorry if it seemed like I neglected you. What can we plan? So you see how you turn that into a positive and, and, uh, and try to have a solution to that rather than taking that as another other brick on the wall between me and my non-practicing family because it is ultimately your love for them that's going to bring them back they'll be like wow she gives so much to the church and she arranged her schedule to come to our brunch i know my family sometimes does that too we're having a brunch on sunday morning and i live an hour from everybody else like what do they think i do on sunday morning but sometimes i'll uh make it a you know, go to the Saturday night mass or the Sunday night mass and adjust around them to go. Sometimes I'll go to mass right up there near where they live because I have a sister that does go to church every week. You know, so so I would say instead of letting that build a wall, don't accept the fact that it's divisive. Flip it around um, and make some other plans and don't take that as a criticism. Because, Angel, I understand what you mean. Sometimes when we come up on holidays like Thanksgiving or Christmas, I have some friends that would rather be with their Catholic friends than their family because being with your family is such a trial <laughs> if they are not living the faith. So what you want to do and what um, sometimes that uh, I've had to coach my husband to doing because they'll say, like, I don't want to go there. Say, well, okay, your job is how do you love 
you know, this uncle, this aunt, how do you love this brother-in-law? And so that's our job. When we go to our family gatherings of people that don't practice the faith, we don't take their criticism deeply. It's because they don't understand how much we love God and we want to serve God with all of our hearts, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. And we get such joy in serving God. We want to bring that joy wherever we are. We want to experience that joy whenever we can. But So that is the joy you want to fill up with the, the other times that you're with your church friends and serving the church. And then bring that joy to your family so they will wonder what makes her smile. How can she be around us when we're like badgering her, complaining about her, and she can be filled with joy? And Angel, it is because you are filled with the love of God at all times, even in difficult circumstances. And so maybe you're not going to be called to be a martyr like St. Stephen or St. Lawrence or any of the martyrs, St. Ursula, whose feast is today. But it might be that you... Your sacrifice might be bringing the joy of the Lord and that smile and that skip in your step that you feel at church, bringing that joy to your family party and asking yourself, how can I love, and this is part of that great commandment, how can I love my neighbor being my brothers and sisters and bring them just a taste of that joy? And that will make them wonder, how could she be joyful around us when we talk about her behind her back all the time? And let them wallow in that While you stay connected to heaven, imagine yourself dancing on those clouds with Jesus Christ and hoping that your family can someday experience that joy as well. So that's a way that we just lift up the whole conversation. Instead of putting another brick on that wall, we start breaking it down with the love of God. Does that help you, Angel? It does. Thank you so much. You're welcome. God bless you. Okay. You too. You give us a call, too. You're out there. I know you've got a question or personal problem or a difficult relationship in your life. Extended family is tricky today. Coworkers, it's tricky. Neighborhoods, it's tricky. Actually, we've had people call in with problems in their own Bible study at their parish or some problems that you have just directly with God. How do I live his love? How do I love him with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength? And how do I love my neighbor as myself? Give me a call with your question or personal problem. You decide what the topics are. We've got another hour and ten minutes for you. So give us a call at 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. We'll be back to talk to you right after this message. Married and engaged couples are invited to a fun evening of wine, dinner, and a talk by Peter and Debbie Herbeck on their new book together, Lessons from the School of Love, Cultivating a Christ-Centered Marriage. Come to St. Francis of Assisi Church in Ann Arbor on Friday, October 27th at 6.30 p.m. for a special evening of fellowship. Don't miss your opportunity to hear from a couple that travels the world to share about God's goodness. Sign up online at the St. Francis of Ann Arbor website for Friday, October 27th at 6.30 p.m. See you there. Fire on the earth, Peter Herbeck. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. And one of the things that he meant by that was the Christian people understand the larger story that's unfolding in history. So as St. Paul said, as the saints echoed very clearly, we're now living through just a, a short moment, a slight momentary affliction, he calls it, in this life, which is going to make way and lead us to an eternal glory beyond all compare. The secret to the fruitfulness and the strength of the apostles was that they lived with a clear vision of the future, an eternal perspective. 
fixed on the destiny of where their life was headed. And they lived with the realization that, wow, yeah, life is very short here. Everything is temporary. Nothing here in this world is ultimately going to last except the ultimate destinies, the eternal destinies of every human being that exists on the earth. And they knew that whether good things were coming their way or bad things from the world's perspective were coming away, nothing could steal from them, nothing could take away the gold that was in their heart, the treasure that they bore. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Peter Herbeck spreads fire on the earth weekday mornings at 6.30 and again at 11.45 on 990 Ave Maria Radio. Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. Call now. Your calls drive the show. You decide what the topics are for our second hour coming up here. The number is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. I'm a life coach, author, and a speaker, a mother, a wife, a sister, a cousin, a daughter, except both my parents have now passed away, and I still miss them sometimes, but uh, you know how we go through different stages of life, we know what struggles we face, what temptations we face, and how do we be another Christ for others? How do we be good? How do we do good? How do we live in God's love, even in difficult situations? And how do we spread that good news of salvation in Jesus Christ? Give me a call with your question or personal problem. The number is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. Well, today is the Feast of St. Ursula. And when I read about St. Ursula, I'd known about her as a child when I studied all the saints. And um, I thought of that poster that you see in neighborhoods called Love is Love. Well, I wouldn't tell St. Ursula that. Not that kind of love is love. St. Ursula stood for purity. And she, to protect her purity and the Christian faith, St. Ursula and 11 companions fled to Cologne, Germany, hoping to escape these pagan invaders that were determined to destroy the Catholic faith, especially by violating young Christian virgins. How many people today have the strength to protect their virginity and protect people from being violated? So they were found martyred in the year 383, and now there's a shrine there where there's a resting place to their remains, and uh, St. Angela Marisi established a new order a thousand years later in 1535 known as the Ursulines, who are especially devoted to the education of young girls, and hopefully all the Ursuline sister schools are educating the girls for purity. So St. Ursula is the patron of Catholic education, a holy death, educators, students, and teachers, and of um, Cologne, Germany. But that brings us to the um, what uh, a reading from uh, Tuesday. It was on Tuesday's um, first reading to the Paul to the Romans. 
where we look at today's culture, which is much different than the culture that St. Ursula grew up in, and we wonder why everything is going wrong. Well, St. Paul told the Romans, the wrath of God is indeed being revealed from heaven against every impiety and wickedness of those who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Hey, this is St. Paul writing to the Romans. Could he be writing this today? He says, For what can be known about God is evident to them because God made it evident to them. So how many people do we know that know God or have been introduced to God and have directly rebelled against him with every impiety and wickedness? So ever since the creation of the world, Paul continues, His invisible attributes of eternal power and divinity have been able to be understood and perceived in what he has made. So there's really not a good excuse for saying you're going to make your own truth. And I had a conversation with my uh, single 31-year-old son about that. That was absolutely fabulous this week. But Paul continues, as a result, they have no excuse for although they knew God, they did not accord him glory as God or give him thanks. Instead, they became vain in their reasoning and their senseless minds were darkened. While claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the likeness of an image of mortal man, of birds or of four-legged animals or of snakes. Therefore, God handed them over to impurity through the lust of their hearts for the mutual degradation of their bodies. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and revered and worshipped the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. So I was chatting with my son about one of those things that's been flying around the Internet that says, live your truth. Well, so I talked to him about that. And he said that, and he is he was well formed. He was in the um, uh, seminary for several years before he, you know, came out and finished college, and and now has a job, doesn't live at home. But he said that young adults that are they're proclaiming that live your truth, and they're making up their own rules. He says they are just creating a new mask of habits to cover up their sin. Um, I got a letter from one of you um, who said, I'd love advice for my adult child who thinks the Catholic Church is judgmental and is living, and she's living with her boyfriend who is Muslim. She said, um, so what my son helped me see, because I thought, well, he'd see it differently because he's 30 years old and I'm older than that. And so what he says, these people cannot see themselves in the deep questions, so they're living this pretense deflecting the truth. Interesting. You give us a call. 877-573-7825. We'll be back after this break. Weekdays at 10 a.m., there's more to life. Grinding my gears. Is something or someone getting on your last nerve? Will help you stop feeling so irritated? Discover graceful ways to respond. Weekdays at 10 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio. This is a Life News Radio special. I'm Jim Anderson. Young women are being faced with persuasive arguments for the abortion pill. LifeNews.com features eight facts you should know. From that, here are my top five. First, abortion pills violate human life. They are supposed to be used only to 10 weeks gestation. Even then, this early, unborn babies already are incredibly developed. Unique DNA, a truly functioning heart, 
even hiccups. Second, abortion pills are not safe for women. Coercion and abuse, even poisoning, are real problems. Among all abortions, 60% are coerced. Chemical abortions may be no different, and men are obtaining the drugs for nefarious use. Number three, the official abortion pill record stands at at least 24 deaths, 4,000 serious complications. A recent study criticizes the basis for that record because of reporting problems for complications and even fatalities. Fourth, abortion industry marketing and coercive smooth talking does not equal reality. Abortion pills do not feel natural or similar to a heavy period for many women. With simple research, one may find what real women say about the experience. Perhaps the most important thing to know is abortion pill reversal. Elegantly simple and used for over 60 years, enhanced progesterone reverses what the first abortion pill starts. Help is obtained quickly by calling the abortion pill reversal hotline, 877-558-0333, or visit abortionpillreversal.com, 877-558-0333. This has been a special Life News Radio. Light of the East, weekends on Ave Maria Radio. I am Father Thomas Loya. This week on Ave Maria, do you want to remain hopeful, faithful, and negotiate through the strife, division, and confusion of our times? Look into the timeless wisdom of the Church's liturgy and saints. Now on Ave Maria Radio's newest FM stations, 105.5 FM in Southfield and 107.9 FM in Ann Arbor. 990 WDEO, Ypsilanti, Detroit, W300CO, Dexter, and Ave Maria Radio Station, and on the net at AveMariaRadio.net. Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. Even if I have to call you out on something, I'll do it in a friendly way. (laughs) So give me a call. This is Colleen Kelly-Mast. My background is in family life education. I'm an author, a speaker, and a life coach, and I can coach you here today. I've debated the ACLU and Planned Parenthood. I've defended life throughout the decades. I wrote Sex Respect and Love and Life and Love Ed, the new video discussion series for parents and their young children that has five seminars for your parish to put on, and you can do that this fall. I'm doing a kickoff for one parish in Indiana in a couple weeks, and then they'll We'll put the other seminars, the both father-son seminars and both mother-daughter seminars on themselves um, with the trained facilitators. So it's all done on video. So your parents can implement Love Ed. And your parents have kids 3 to 15 and your kids of 
preteens and then young teens can have a beautiful program that states the church's teachings in a positive, beautiful way that will keep them from the confusion of the culture that does not know what love really is. So go check that out at my website, respectforyou.com, respect the number four, the letter u.com. Last hour we mentioned that website as well for anybody who wants a copy of a night exam, just based on St. Ignatius's night examination of conscience, or you could email me at, let's see, mastappeal at avemariaradio.net, or contact me through my website, respectforyou.com. But for now, your calls drive the show. You decide what the topics are. I've got an email question and a leftover question we left on the air last week that we didn't finish answering I'm going to start with, but it's time for you to call. For those of you that sat around last week, I know we had so many people left on the line, and that's why I have to address one of those questions today. But today, lines are open waiting to hear from you. So if you've waited and waited before, today is your day. If you've hesitated before, if you're afraid to tell your name, just say, I'm Andy Anonymous or Annie Anonymous from whatever city you're from. And uh, give us a call at 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. If you need second opinion on making a decision, you need to rebuild a relationship in your life, whether it's with God or others. If you're trying to figure out, how do I love my neighbor as myself when I'm in this situation? How do I love God in this situation? What do I do in this particular situation? So if you'd like some free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective, 877-573-7825. you got one hour left. All right, so I was talking about this the one email I got um, from a gal. I don't even know where she's from because it was email. It doesn't have an address to it or say what radio station she's from. But she says, I would love advice for my adult child who thinks the Catholic Church is judgmental and is living, and she's living with her boyfriend. So, and, uh, and her boyfriend's Muslim. And, uh, and then she wanted information on something else as well. But um, So I did chat with my son, as I mentioned. My son, Stuart, who had been in the seminary a long time. He's a great thinker, philosopher, great lover, has a big heart. And uh, so I thought I'd talk to him about how young people are thinking because he's out there in the culture immersed in it he's not hiding away from it Um, and his job keeps him in daily touch with people who are living their own truth we would say so I asked him like what what do you mean by that live your truth and he's you know because it's such a popular saying but he said that these are people that are making up a new mask of habits to, to cover up their sin he said they're they're comfortable where they're at and they don't want to be challenged and so he says they can't see themselves and ask those deep questions because he's a big, deep question uh, guy, a man. Um, he said, so they're living this pretense and deflecting the truth is what he said. So they're masking with this defense mechanism. So what he said they need to do, and so this is to our our friend that wrote about how to talk to her that she's accusing the church and she's still living with her boyfriend and thinking the church is wrong. He said they need to go deeper into whatever issue, if it rebellion or pride or a parent issue or a lack of love somewhere or a sibling issue, what's drawing them away from God. And he said they'll never be happy in what they're doing if they don't get to the deeper questions and get the healing that they need. He said so they have to face it head on. And he was um, also mentioning people that are uh, confused about their gender, you know, the same thing. Face uh, face our reality, our scientific reality, the reality of marriage, and not be so self-involved in denying the authority of God. Because he said, 
My son said this, God and religion is what will bring you the joy. So to our friend in the email, um, if your daughter's accusing the church of being judgmental, she's misunderstanding the church. The church is here to help us understand what will make us happy because we were made in the image and likeness of God and so that takes me to another question that I received this week and the one that we left hanging last week that was Louise from Sacred Heart Radio she said she wanted to hear more about gay marriages and I just got it started and the the music started playing and she heard some bishops about blessing marriages I responded to that last week and about couples adopting children so she said how do I react to this how do I handle this with her family members who have accepted it. And then someone else asked this week, like, why is the Catholic Church against gay marriage? Well, I'd like to explain a little bit in our opening here while we're waiting for your calls at 877-573-7825 on any particular topic, that the Church is here to protect the beauty and goodness of the human person and our relationship with God, so we can see all the goodness and beauty that God wants for us. So the Catholic Church isn't against anything that's good, anything that's beautiful, or anything that's true. It's just the Catholic Church is not going to lie with people who are trying to change the truth about things. For example, there is no such thing as homosexual marriage, if you know what a marriage is. There's an amazing science, an amazing theology, sociology, anthropology, morality even of marriage. But that morality is rooted in the science, the theology, the sociology, and the anthropology. Marriage is an absolutely beautiful institution designed by God when he designed our bodies. So he created us, male and female, in his image and likeness. He created us so that we can share in his creative powers of co-creating new life with him. And he made our bodies that way. And he says that the man shall leave his father and mother, cling to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Well, this one flesh union is a holy union that can only take place in a male and female who have the opposite set of reproductive organs. So two people of the same sex cannot unite. They cannot consummate a marriage. They can, it's a, physically impossible to have a one sex or one flesh union if you're both the same sex. So the church isn't making up anything new. The church holds the marital act, this one flesh union in such high esteem that we want to protect it we want to protect we want to protect the marriage the relationship the reality behind marriage and so there are even laws in most countries about marriage we legally get married for the protection of our children that are the fruit of that marriage and this is not something that the church made up so the church can't change it this is rooted in natural law and we have this legal contract to protect the natural law but the marriage in a sacramental marriage in the church is more than a contract or more than natural law the sacrament of marriage is a covenant with God that says we will receive your love, live your love, and give your love to each other and bring your love into the world through the children that we will raise to love you and love others. So when you think of it, love is not love like the signs are in the neighborhood. 
Love is God's love that we are sharing with others. And we can't fake God's love. We can't change God's love. And so the church acknowledges the, the science and the anthropology and the natural law in marriage. That there's this physical reality that goes with marriage. And the church respects the marriage act so much that a marriage must be consummated to be a true marriage. So it must be consensual. Two people must be mutually agreeable um, to what they want to do. And that the two opposite sex uh, sets of reproductive organs unite in the marriage act in this one flesh union. And it's not just a physical union. During this time, God presents in our bodies, these chemicals, these hormones that bond us, that stir up these feelings of love. And he, before, hopefully, before we got into that union, he gave us this love, this romance, this desire to, to um, carry on the human race. And we see God's love in this person and are attracted to it. So because the church holds the marriage act in such high esteem and, and holds it as sacred, it's not just about pleasure. It's not just about mutual masturbation. We don't want to degrade that beautiful act, nor do we want to take away the power to create new life that is entrusted to marriage. So the popes keep reminding us that the love-giving properties and the life-giving properties of the marriage act cannot be separated. If you take one away, the power to give life, for example, you diminish some of the love. If you take away the power of love and have a child created in a test tube, or I'd say put together in a test tube, then because God created the sperm and he created the, the egg cell, um, and if we try to take out the love or we try to take out the life, we diminish the beauty of this powerful gift that God has asked us to respect, and that's that power to give new life. And so we don't want to cheapen it. We don't want to cheapen marriage by degrading it and say, oh, it's just mutual masturbation of two people, no matter what organs they have. That's not a marriage. Okay, somebody could have a legal contract because they're worried about the money or something else, but we can't call it a marriage. The church can't call it a marriage. So this awesome gift of marriage with the power to create new life has within it a chemical connection, a bonding, a spiritual bonding with a person in the sacrament of marriage, this hormonal bonding, the oxytocin, the vasopressin, this desire to stay with that person. And if we misuse that, then we become manipulative. We want to control that person. We let original sin and our weaknesses of male and female take over, lusting, using. And God says, that's not what marriage is. Marriage is a total self-gift, giving yourself to another person for life, sharing God's love with them, being God's love to them, growing in virtue, and bringing children into the world that will make the world a better place. Well, you can see the last 40 or 50 years since uh, birth control and abortion and gay marriage, we're not really bringing that love into the world, but it doesn't mean it's not what we're here for. So this reality behind marriage, this reality that this law protects, this marriage for the protection of children, gives us a clue as to what God really wants for us. And the other question that has come up about two-parent families, and I know I was asked that when I was interviewed, I think it was for 60 Minutes, back when my Sex Respect book came out. And they said, you, or maybe it's when, um, maybe it was for 60 Minutes or when Glamour Magazine interviewed me. And they said, well, in your sex respect book, you idealize the two-parent family. And I said, and I just sat there dumbfounded. I raised my hands up like the, what? What do you mean? You know, and I said, 
The two-parent family was not my idea. I did not invent it. The two-parent family was created by God, written right within our bodies, so that you can't have a single parent unless one was abandoned by an irresponsible partner or one passed away. Because so, every child has two parents somewhere. That sperm cell was created within a man by God. Or somebody misused it and purchased it over the Internet. Or someone masturbated and, and misused um, the beautiful powers that God gave them. And every child has a sperm, came from a sperm cell and from an egg cell. And God says every child has a right to be born within a loving relationship, which is a family. And the church gives them the grace to do that through the sacrament of marriage. The culture and the, the society legalizes that relationship so that we can have more love in the world. So marriage is for love, but not for lust, not for using one another's, or not for distorting the beauty that God gave us. So, let's promote marriage. Get my Love Ed program into your parish. It's the only, the only program one diocese told me that presumes innocence of children and presents this positively and beautifully. And then spread some of those truths to others that two people of the same sex, very simply, cannot consummate a marriage. And so it's, there's not even a discussion. It's a science question. It isn't a morality question. There's a basic science that goes with marriage, and this can only happen between a male and female. So that's my little... Uh, information on that to share with you to answer both of those questions that came up this week. And now it's time for you to give us a call with your question or personal problem. We've got 45 minutes left in the show. Plenty of time for you. We've got Francesca on the air and lines open 2, 3, and 4 for your question. Give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. Oh, this is a good question, too. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, weekdays on Ave Maria Radio. So many people call themselves Christian, call themselves Catholic, call themselves Evangelical, whatever, and they're nothing more than members of the Church of what's happening now, as Slip Wilson used to say. You want direction, you want guidance, go to the source. Go to Jesus, go to Scripture, go to the Church teachings. Not to Whoopi Goldberg, not to, and we pray for her, but Nancy Pelosi's version of Catholicism or Joe Biden's version of Catholicism or any other politician that holds fast to their quote-unquote Catholic faith, yet consistently, consistently and blatantly not just speaks against the church, but acts against the church. We need to pray for these people. And we need to encourage bishops to stand up for the truth and not be afraid. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, weekday mornings from 8 to 10 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio and AveMariaRadio.net. The binary choice between life and death is the engine that drives the entire story of human history. It's there in the garden where Adam and Eve made the wrong choice. It's there in the days of Cain and Abel when they have to choose between right and wrong worship. It's there with Joshua in chapter 24 where he says, choose this day whom you will serve. And the binary choice is there with King David when Bathsheba catches his eye. It's there in Proverbs 14:12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And it's there in Jesus' teaching. Will you build on the rock or will you build on sand? And when we talk about imitating Christ, we mean that we want to be like Jesus who always makes the right choice, choosing God above created things. He chooses life. And for those who follow him, he promises abundant life. 
even eternal life. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays from 4 to 6 on Ave Maria Radio and the Ave Maria Radio app. the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show with your question or personal problem is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK, and the K actually falls off, but you can figure out the other little letters. If you have your bifocals on and you can see the letters that go with the numbers on your phone, 877-5-PEP-TALK. Okay, Francesca, thanks for waiting while I answered our emails and questions left on the line last week from Albany, New York, with two questions. All right, we've got time for those, Francesca. What's your first question, Francesca? Or tell me both, and I'll roll them together. Go ahead. You're on the air now, Francesca. Well, first, I wanted to say I'm very excited to talk to you. You, you, just, you just sound so nice. And I listened to you here in Albany on 1460 AM. I was very happy to find that station because I didn't even know um, that we had it. And it's not too far from here where I live. Oh, um, good. And, yes. And um, I wanted to know, do, you, do I, should I call you, I don't know if I should call you Colleen. Call me Colleen. Yeah. That's fine. You can call me Colleen. Colleen. Okay. Okay, thank you, Colleen. I'm, I'm a good friend of um, Mary Eileen Russell, whose um, pen name is Elena Vidal as well. And I, um, I heard you were friends on Facebook. She's been a, a very close friend of mine for very many oh, years. Oh, nice. And, um, she steered me toward EWTN Radio, so I'm grateful for that. So I like to go to reconciliation. I love the sacrament. I love all the sacraments. Each and every one of them are such a gift and so beautiful and such um, sustenance from mm-hmm. our Lord. But um, when I prepare for reconciliation, I, it's something I very much want to go to and very much want to do. But now it's, I'm, I'm a mature adult. As an older adult now, I'm not sure how to prepare for reconciliation because it's not mm-hmm. like in the old days when I'd say, yeah. you know, well, I, I was angry this many times. Or I, mm-hmm. used I punched my brother twice. I um, <laughs> stole my sister's crayon. Yep, that was easier. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to cultivate a closer, uh, richer relationship to, um, to our creator. I just want to remove any barrier that I might be holding up. I don't even know that I'm holding up. I want to... Yeah. Um, I want I want to be there um, for the work that is put before me, or the work that I'm supposed to do, and make you know um, make a priority of the things that are um, his priority in my life. And I, I just don't know how to put that in a concise statement for reconciliation. I don't really know how to prepare. I have I have a very high stress um, job. I'm not really allowed to talk about it much outside of work, but it does involve working um, in prisons with people who are, you know, diagnosed with different issues, and um, mm, it's, a, it's a blessing to do that work. It's a mm-hmm. corporal act of mercy. It's not yes. just me doing it. There are thousands of people doing this work behind the scenes every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I just don't know how to prepare for How do we get ready for confession? I can help you with that. Actually, a lot of my life coaching clients uh, need help with that, too, um, in figuring out, okay, if if I'm here in life and I want to go here in life or where I am, you know, spiritually or in my career or in my social life or my family life, like how do we get to the next goal? So it sounds like you want to grow in holiness, and we can utilize the sacrament of reconciliation to grow in holiness, and that's one of the beautiful gifts of that sacrament. And when we look at the way we examine our conscience as children, I haven't killed anybody today, you know, and uh, I haven't committed adultery this week. And, you know, so we, we look at a simple version of the commandments rather than comparing ourselves to what God wants us to do, which will be in next Sunday's gospel. Are you loving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength? Are you loving your neighbor as yourself? So I also have a uh, an examination of conscience based on the Ten Commandments that I've written for adults, and you can, I don't think I have that one on my blog, like that, the the night exam, but I have, a, you can email me at mastappeal at avemariaradio.net, or through my website at respectforyou.com, and I can give you a copy of a night prayer that has questions you can ask yourself on the Ten Commandments, so that is going to be part of an exam to prepare for confession, and the other part is to look at the virtues, so when we look at the commandments, we look deeper into that commandment, like the first commandment, do I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? Do, do I prioritize my connection to Him even during my work day? Do I stay connected to God? Is He really number one? Or do I just have Him in a box for Sunday morning or, you know, that, then and during my prayer time? Do I really live for God who live to to save me from my sins and do I appreciate God do I grow in my faith do I learn my faith better you know read the catechism or read the scriptures do I try to grow in my faith and put him number one and then two um, about bad you know saying bad words it's not just taking God's name in vain but using vulgar language or or not um, calling out people to ask them to speak more respectfully to us of course at a prison I'm sure you uh, can't call those people out but um, but you you hear a lot of bad words but in a general (laughs) setting um, um, in a general setting of, you know, your brothers and sisters, you can say, hey, could you uh, clean up your language here a little bit? Could we make this rated G today for, our, you know, Thanksgiving dinner for a change you know, or something like that? You can do that kind of lightly um, to uh, to bring that to their attention. And then um, are we making ho- Sundays holy? Are we not working on Sunday? Are we totally resting? Are we just doing our own thing like one hour for God and everything else will be, uh, you know, it's for me. You know, are we really living Sunday for God? Are we using that time to learn more about God? share his love with others that's interesting that you would say that because I very much want to do that but and this isn't a problem just for me this is for anyone who works in certain professions like you know if you work in emergency medicine right firefighting law enforcement Mm -hmm. corrections because you're in that very high stress profession Mm -hmm. every day of the week um, there are things that I cannot do during the day that other people can like I don't have a half hour to go to lunch and go to the post office or get work done or even you know fill my car with gas all that Mm -hmm. happens on the weekend the weekends become very, very compressed. Yes. And I, it, what happened was, like, it, I would say, okay, to my family, I'm going to rest. I'm going to be holy. And everyone else is scrambling around me to try <laughs> to do the things, you know, that we yeah. So that doesn't seem very holy, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, so but what I you have, could do I, is, I like, set... Set an hourly alarm on Sundays that just dings at the top of the hour and say, Jesus, I love you, or do a spiritual communion. And it takes you 30 seconds. You connect to God each hour on Sunday amidst 
those activities. And God will begin to show you ways that you can calm down some of that activity on Sunday. But you can still put them first with an hourly spiritual communion or a Jesus, I love you, or offer, you know, offering up this next activity. Sorry, God, I got to shop on Sunday, but we do need food for the family this week. And so I offer this time with you, and then you bring him with you. Use your, your, your ability for mental prayer. We're supposed to love God with all of our minds. So use your ability for mental prayer and bring him with you to those activities. Well, we only got to the first question, so we're going to have to hang Francesca over um, to right after the break. So we'll be back with more of Francesca. How do I prepare for confession? And then her second question right after this message. In our ever-changing world, the principles of stewardship, service, and leadership are timeless. Join the Southeast Michigan Business and Professional Community for the 30th Annual Mass for Commerce. Join us for a morning of inspiration and celebrate the Eucharist in Thanksgiving for God's gift of love and grace. Learn more and register by searching at the Archdiocese of Detroit website, AOD.org. That's AOD.org and search for the Mass for Commerce on Wednesday, October 25th. It's time for Family Man with Dr. Gregory Popcha. Does your family make regular time to work, play, talk, and pray together every day? Research shows that when Catholic families create strong, consistent daily rituals for working, playing, talking, and praying together, they set the stage for teaching their kids Christian attitudes toward work, leisure, relationships, and faith. If it's true that values are more caught than taught, family rituals are what makes a Christian worldview truly contagious. That's why the rite of family rituals is such an important part of the liturgy of domestic church life. It helps families come together as strong domestic churches and learn what it means to be intentional disciples at home and in the world. To discover more ways your family can celebrate the liturgy of domestic church life, check out the newest editions of Parenting with Grace and visit CatholicCounselors.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, but you can call me Family Man. To discover more ways faith can enrich your life, visit CatholicCounselors.com. Light of the East, weekends on Ave Maria Radio. I am Father Thomas Loya. This week on Ave Maria, do you want to remain hopeful, faithful, and negotiate through the strife, division, and confusion of our times? Look into the timeless wisdom of the Church's liturgy and saints. Now on Ave Maria Radio's newest FM stations, 105.5 FM in Southfield and 107.9 FM in Ann Arbor. This Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. Give us a call at 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. Now I've got a couple other callers. I need to shorten my uh, description. I love talking about the Ten Commandments because, as the Psalms say, I love your law. Lord, I love your law. It keeps us straight. Um, and I love the Ten Commandments, but we do have to talk about getting ready, especially for the sacrament of confession. So, so Francesca asked how to better prepare yourself confession. Well, the first thing, before we examine our conscience, I should have said this. 
I pray the Stations of the Cross, whether it's the night before or the day before that I'm going to go to confession, pray the Stations of the Cross. And this helps you drum up true sorrow for your sins. When you see what Jesus Christ did for us to save us from our sin, you get really sorry. Because we love God so much, and he loves us so much, and he's done so much for us. So we pray the Stations of the Cross if you want to have a, a good examination of conscience and drum up true sorrow for your sin and then look at the commandments and the virtues. So the virtues, the theological virtues, faith, hope, love, and the cardinal virtues, prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. Prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. And then other moral virtues like honesty, patience, chastity, obedience, and humility. This is also, I have a whole exercise on that in my Love and Life Sexual Morality Guide for Teens that I read those love quizzes from the other day. So I do have a whole exercise on how to define each virtue, ways to practice it, and rate myself in it. So we look at these virtues, and when you're examining your conscience, it's simpler then. When you know the commandments, you know the virtues, you say, Lord, when have I not been like you this week or this month? What have I done or how have I responded to a person in my thoughts or words that is not your love? You know, I've been critical or impatient or nasty or impure or entertained myself with things that aren't good. Enjoyed watching people violate the Ten Commandments on this movie or TV show. When have I not tried to grow in my faith? When have I not expressed hope in you? When have I not loved you or loved my neighbor? When have I not been prudent? When have I have, like, spoken when I shouldn't have spoken or, or um, not spoken when I should have? Um, justice, you know, when did I not work for, for true justice? Justice, knowing that God is the creator of all things. When did I? When would I? When did I chicken out instead of be courageous about something? When was I intemperate? You know, whether it's about you know eating or sleeping or exercise or work. So, so we look at all those virtues. We look at the commandments and say, where was I not? What? Where did I not truly represent Jesus Christ? Then you get really sorry, and you don't have to bring every one of those little faults to confession, but it might be good to make note of four or five of those. And bring those to the confession with you and drum up true sorrow for those and really promise not to want to do them again. And then you also can take a look, and I do this in life coaching with people as well, to look at in what situation am I tempted to do that the most often, you know, to yell at your children or criticize your spouse or things like that. And you look at what situations and you begin to try to prevent those narrow occasions of sin. So you confess your sins and then select your favorite act of contrition. You can bring it with you with a little card if you want. Some confessionals have it already printed in there. And then confess your sins very simply. You don't have to go into any detail. Just say, I, you know, I did this, you know, this many times. I do this every day. It's a really bad habit. Um, I'm, I'm trying to reduce my number of this particular sin. I'm only doing it three times a week now. Um, and I'm really, really sorry that I do it at all. And then you can say, I'm sorry for these and all the sins of my life, especially for, and then that's that habitual sin you're trying to work on. You know, whether it's, you know, cussing or um, impure entertainment or um, nagging your spouse or, you know, something like that and that you're really sorry for. And then the priest will, you know, do his part. He'll give you absolution, might give you advice, it'll give you a penance, and then do your penance right before you leave. And then when we look, in our, look at ourselves as where we're not like Jesus rather than I haven't killed anybody this week, then we look to grow in those virtues 
that are the opposite of our temperamental weaknesses. And confession, the sacrament of reconciliation, can become more enriching and rewarding because it can help us follow that one saying of Jesus that nobody likes, be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. So those are some tips about confession. All right, and your second question is, Francesca? Yes. Yes, I was just reflecting on... No, I know I did that fast. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hello? I want to tell you while you're talking, what you're saying resonated with me, and I I feel very um, enriched by what you said. I I have, like, tears in my eyes. I appreciate it very much. Oh, very, very much. Welcome. And I went, I went on your um, blog, therespectforyou.com, and you are just awesome. I don't know if people have to go to this site and see what a lovely lady you are. You're, you're oh, very, thank very you. beautiful. Thank and you. I, can, I can see the spirit of God. You know, um, but I, I, so the next one is going to be really helpful because as a life coach, it sounds like you're also a good fitness coach. So for years and years and years, I've been struggling with a weight problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you met me, you'd say, oh, you don't look that bad. But believe me, I'm carrying a lot, a lot of weight. I, mm-hmm. could, I mean, I could easily lose 50 pounds and would not miss it and probably wow. more. Hmm. Yeah. So, and I've been carrying it a long time, but I, it doesn't seem to hold me back. I mean, I still do all my daily duties and everything, but I just don't know what, what you know, what, what to do. Like it's just very hard. I, I, I just don't even know what to say. It's, it's like I, the time factor. I don't. Even, I don't even know where to begin with. It. Okay, so and, it's bothering um, your conscience. You think this is not what God wanted me to be this particular weight, and that is very difficult right. in today's right. day and age due to the fact that we are quite often malnourished, and so we have a lot of food cravings. We have a lot of uh, hormone disruptors in our environment through the um, the, the pesticides and fertilizers, and now. Uh, uh, created foods, um, genetically modified uh, foods. And so it's difficult to maintain a reasonable weight with other chemical factors going on. But there are some things you, know, you can't... It's interesting that you mentioned that because the way I found your program and the way I found the radio station was that I went to the farm stand, which wasn't very far from here. There's ah! a farm. It's kind of embedded in the town, and it's across from the radio station that broadcasts your program. <laughs> so <laughs> your advice is directly linked to how I got over there. So I had just stocked my fridge with uh, all these beautiful fr- fruits and vegetables from there. They also have organic meats. I am a vegetarian, but I, I eat, uh, you know, dairy and eggs. Mm-hmm. I have everything from the farm stand. They have everything over there, not just vegetables and fruits, but you can get your whole family groceries there. The Holy Spirit is good. So that sounds like you are eating good, clean, organic foods. Eat as closely as you can to how God created it. And there's nothing wrong with eating um, animals and fish and things like that. There, it says in the Bible we can do that, and it might give you the proteins you need or the satisfaction or nourishment that you need. But then you got to find a clean farmer that where you can get your meat or a clean place where you can get some wild fish. So to eat as little processed food as possible because that disrupts our chemicals as well to drink clean water and then look at that virtue of temperance where are my is my struggling with food due to some craving that's um, because our body needs more energy or if it's brought on because I deprived myself of certain things that my body needs or is it you know a, a lack of sleep um, is it a hormone problem like what are my cravings you know if I'm dehydrated or stressed or lacking 
lacking electrolytes, I might crave salt. Or if your body is short in magnesium or chromium or vitamin D, you might crave chocolate. Or, you know, if your nails are brittle and your, your muscles aren't strong, you might, and you don't feel like exercising, maybe you're craving protein, not getting enough protein. Um, so look at, uh, at what you're, what, what you might be craving and what you might be missing and look to see, am I balancing my life, my exercise, my diet? Because we were not made to sit still all the time. So it could be a metabolism. It could be a hormonal thing. Or it could be, you know, again, a cravings because of the deficiencies just right in our soil. So you're doing a good Can smelling certain scents improve our memories? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. When my wife and I had COVID in late 2020, we both lost our sense of taste and smell. In my case, I continued to have issues with my sniffer for a few months. Then I read a study that suggested smelling bold scents could help restore the connection between the nose and the brain. Sure enough, smelling fresh lemons every day seemed to help me recover. No wonder I love the aroma of lemons and incense. Another study, though, indicates that older folks who smelled fragrant essential oils got better sleep and improved memory and thinking. Brain scans confirm they got better. Be careful, though. Some essential oils can be harmful if inhaled over time. Always consult your doctor. Side note, from Genesis 2 to Revelation 18, there are more than 200 references to perfume, odor, and smell. For more on the study, look for our Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Why do we have church? The Catholic Catechism tells us that in order to reunite his children everywhere, God the Father willed to call everyone into his son's church. The ark that Noah built prefigures the church. Basing itself on scripture and tradition, the church teaches that the church of pilgrim now on earth is necessary for salvation. Christ is the one mediator, the sole way of salvation. He is present to us in his body, which is the church. Jesus explicitly described the necessity of faith and baptism for salvation, affirming the need for the church. Those who know this and refuse to become part of the church cannot be saved. This statement excludes those who, through no fault of their own, know neither Christ nor the church. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. You're listening to Ave Maria Radio. Ave Maria Radio. Welcome to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. Another just little tip for Francesca is that some people are really thirsty and they think they're hungry, and they eat when they're really thirsty, and we should drink more, you know, clean water or drinks that are not caffeinated, not carbonated, um, you know, and those that are um, of the earth, herbal teas and things like that, and uh, mineral water, stuff like that. So that's another thing that people eat when they're really thirsty. All right, now we're going to go to um, Annie from Ann Arbor, listening on 990 Ave Maria Radio. Welcome to the show, Annie. You're on the air now. 
Well, hi there. Um, yes, I listen on 990, and I really appreciate your program. Thank you. Um, I just need some advice about how to talk to my adult son who... He's 37. He's married. Has three wonderful kids, mm. um, and a very high-paying job. And he lives in a different country from us. Um, but he is drinking all the time. And you know, his wife tells me that he's, um, you know, staying out at three, four, five in the morning, like um, four or five nights a week. And she also, um, you know, plus another 10 beers a day during the days he doesn't, um, you know, doesn't go out with his buddies. But the thing is, every time I try to talk to him about it, I'm really concerned about him because he thinks he can handle it. He doesn't think he has a problem. Mm. Anytime anybody tells him he needs to change or, Mm. you know, try to try to reduce it mm. he doesn't think it's necessary and it's very very upsetting for his wife she's a wonderful lady mm. um but he he you know this is he's high functioning he doesn't yeah. get um yeah. he doesn't get um, violent oh, okay um he does come home and just flop in bed but mm-hmm. he's able to carry on his very high paying job every day wow which is very i don't know how he does it does he drink at but, work you know, or does he drink at work too no, or just not drink at when he gets home okay no. um right. so he's not he, available for his family no and um well he does come home at dinner and help put the kids to bed you know um and that's as much uh, you know and then how's the marriage how's the marriage is he there for his wife they're they're they've been together 10 years i'm married Mm -hmm. 10 years um and does she talk to you about this annie does she talk to you about this or do you just observe it? She's been texting me and talking to me about it. Okay. Yes, all right. Because she it's, won't, it's, she won't talk to anybody else. She doesn't want to tell her parents. Well, that's good. Guy. That's good because we don't want to scandalize people. She doesn't people. want to tell their, her friends because yes. she doesn't want them to have a bad Perfect. opinion of my Perfect. Perfect. That's good. That's good. That's part of the eighth commandment: is not to hurt someone's reputation. And so, if right. she's confiding so in you, I admire her for that. But it, yeah, it, it, get, it weighs on her because I'm the only one she can talk to about okay. it, and I can't. Help much. So a couple things. You want to be a support system for her. Um, you want to thank her for talking to you and give her what support and encouragement she needs. And I think that both of you need to confront him in some way without it being, uh, without backing him into a corner. And I know you said he lives far away, but you, both of you could get on the same phone call. You could get on the same Zoom call and set it up ahead and say, there's something we want to talk to you about. And it's serious. And and let him think about that a while. He's probably going to know what it is. And you get on together and be her support system. Because if she just brings it up to him, he's going to deny it. Well, what am I doing wrong? I'm bringing home the money. I'm putting the kids to bed. You know, he's not going to see that this is affecting himself and harming himself in that way. Because you got to remember, this is probably for him an addiction. You know, and his brain craves this. But then what is he uh, looking for? Like, what is he running from? We don't know. Or what is he running toward to just escape? So if both of you 
would have a, a, a come to Jesus meeting with him and compliment him. Say, I, you're, you're functioning fine, but we see that you that you are drinking too much. You have too much alcohol. It's not good for you. And we love you and we care about you. And we were wondering, what can we do to support you to stop? I mean, just go right to the... Cut the cut to the chase in that you want him to stop drinking, and just say, "Are do you think you're capable of stopping drinking? Can we dare you to stop drinking? Can you stop drinking for two weeks, and we can see what a difference there is?" And challenge him to stop drinking. You also, each of you in your own locations, might go to an AA meeting of people for people who have a beloved person who is. Um, even a functioning or any kind of alcoholic, and so you have a better idea of how to treat the the disease that he has. But to challenge him to stop might be a good start. Another thing his wife might challenge him on is his nutrition, because there are certain um, amino acids that can heal the brain, and some of the alcohol rehab places that use certain amino acids. Um, I know of one um, that you can you know buy called Brain Reward. We talked about it on the show a couple um, years ago. It was developed by a nutritionist. Who, whose family had alcoholism, a sister died of alcoholism, and Brain Reward helps that um, Brain Reward Center to that is craving something, so it helps heal those cravings. So that's Brain Reward. You can email me about that as well. It's from vni.life forward slash life changing. But I can, again, email me about that privately. But, the, but you can challenge him. You can ask him to stop. You can offer him um, an opportunity to be healed, you know, maybe with some uh, amino acids, or see if he would go to counseling or rehab and admit that he has a problem. But he, unless you bring it to his attention and challenge him to stop, he's just going to keep going and thinking it's not a problem till you tell him why it is. And you might each make a list of why you think it's a problem, one, because you love him and you want him to live longer, and this is kind of a form of um, self-harm, we'd call it, is to drink that much alcohol in one day. So I'd say team up with her, pray for him, do what you can do, and make whatever kind of intervention you believe that would um, work, and do it in twos or even threes if there's one more person that knows about it, because if you do it individually, he's probably not going to listen. All right. Thanks for the call. I understand. I have a brother who's been an alcoholic for decades, and he's, you know, often in that same denial. He says, oh, I'll be better, and then he is for a little while, and then he isn't. So it's a real struggle when we see how that brain is craving that and how the person is really wounded inside. So we'll pray for you as well. Thanks for the call, Annie. God bless you. Okay, time for our this is our last break today. We'll be back to talk to Pat from Nebraska right after this message. Maybe you've been hearing a lot about the need to make a spiritual communion while participating from home in a live-streamed or broadcast Mass. Maybe you've even prayed the prayer of spiritual communion. Spiritual communion is a concept that goes all the way back to the 4th century. It flourished in the Eastern Church and gradually moved west. Spiritual communion stresses the transcendence of God, where we unite our desires, intentions, and loves with the holy sacrifice of the Mass and the consecration of the Eucharist at the altar. Jesus, I embrace you and unite myself wholly to you. Food for the Journey, Sister Ann Shield. You know, we would avoid a lot of difficult arguments, just spouting off at the mouth, as we sometimes say. Just ask the Lord, give me the words to say. Maybe I'm rightfully angry, but if I just shout and yell and scream, what good is that going to be? Brothers and sisters, 
God can give us much more control over our anger, over our fear, over our language. And so whenever you're in a tight spot, just stop for a moment and say, Lord, what would you have me do here? God is good. I don't mean he's going to say words that will come down from heaven. But if you pause just for a moment, you'll get hold of yourself and you may well get a thought that you didn't have before. And sometimes it's just quiet, but it's enough to bring down the steam. And then you think what is really right to say here. You might be justifiably angry. How do we respect the other person while we're correcting them? Please, brothers and sisters, let us open our hearts to God in those moments. Sister Ann Shields gives you food for the journey weekday mornings at 645 and again at 1130 on 990 Ave Maria Radio. to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all you lands. Tell his glory among the nations. Among his peoples, his wondrous deeds, for great is the Lord and highly to be praised. Awesome is he beyond all gods. This is Colleen Kelly Mast on Mast Appeal, trying to praise the Lord with our lives. And I looked at the psalm that's, I think this weekend psalm, that we, um, in, the, in the last caller as well, Annie, and in uh, to draw people to God, even when people go to Alcoholics Anonymous or some other kind of a rehab program, they realize that there is a higher power than us. And so praying with your uh, son can help as well. When we pray, sing these psalms of praise, we realize that we are not God and we don't have to run away from God. We praise God and he loves us. So in the penitential psalms would be good things to read with him as well. So so maybe praying with him, praying psalms with him would help him get past that defense that, oh, I'm fine. I'm functioning fine. It's okay. I can drink all this. And just when we connect ourselves to God and realize who we are and who God is, that can sometimes humble us to seek the help that we need. All right, Pat from Alliance, Nebraska, welcome to the show. How can I help you today? Or did you have a comment? Yes. First of all, I'd like to tell you that my husband and I have been married 60 years, and we've had all our problems. In fact, I can uh, relate with this this one you just had on because my dad was an alcoholic. He wasn't abusive or anything. Mm -hmm. I'm a... a, oldest of seven children and my son uh he died about 11 and a half years ago and he had uh he was an alcoholic mm. but uh you, you know you go through all these phases of of uh, uh your life and and my husband and i will have been married 60 years in june mm, so, congratulations uh, have, yeah thank you and uh we go to uh Parish here in Alliance, Nebraska, and they have what in um, in uh, Nebraska they have an early morning program. It's called Spirit uh, with Jen and, and yes, Ruth. Spirit and they, Catholic they, Radio. Uh, yeah, and they uh, 
they do towns every day, you know, and so they had Alliance uh, ah, yesterday, and it ah. was a good day to have it because it's the month of the rosary in our parish. It's called Holy Rosary, you know. But what I was calling about, um, I have a granddaughter that uh, lives in the same town we do, and she has three uh, great-grandchildren, and we were over there the other day to see them, and I said, I couldn't, well, the one of them has... Uh, a prothesis, and I said hmm. I couldn't. She takes it off, and she jumps around, and everything. Oh. She, <laughs> she has fun with it. Huh? <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, she's living uh, with a man that she's not married, and she's had problems in her life. She, one of her hu- husbands, was an alcoholic, and she divorced uh. him. And then this last one, she had had problems, so she. I don't know if she divorced or separated with him, but the. Three uh, youngest ones, I have three uh, from the, the son, and one mm-hmm. lives in Scotts Bluff. And, uh, three grandchildren uh, from your son, you're saying? Three grandchildren? I, yeah, they're from three. my okay. son. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've been pr- praying, you know, she's just living with this man. She's not married. Mm-hmm. But they were all baptized, and I've been praying. I'm mm-hmm. like St. Uh, St. Monica. Monica. We're, yeah, we're studying in our Bible study, and uh, I just... Uh, I want, I'm praying and praying and praying that she will have these uh, three granddaughter, great-granddaughters baptized, you know, because I would like them to, they were, all my grandchildren were baptized, mm-hmm. and I want, and I've been praying that they will be, but I don't want to push it, you know how mm-hmm. it is. You know, right. I'm the great-grandmother. In fact, I have a daughter that lives in Pennsylvania, and she just had a uh, little, uh, her daughter just had a little girl, and I said, I, I hate it when they live so far away, you know, yeah. that's life, you know. Yeah. But I so here's some things that you can do. How is your relationship with her? Do you have a close relationship with oh, her? Oh, yeah, with, uh, we do. And like mm-hmm. I said, she she works, and, and, and the uh, her uh, person she lives with is uh, works on the railroad because this is a railroad mm-hmm. town and she's working at a credit union mm-hmm. and uh, so and they just had parent teacher conferences so we went yes. over there and I said it's so cute because I can remember these things when my kids were little I'm 84 years old <laughs> I said when she took off her prosthesis I said well, she, they didn't want us to go home and I said I could not put up with her like my granddaughter does because she's so active you know yes but, well here's uh, something you can do Pat, I know the music's going to be playing soon, so I did want to respond to that. What can we do to say to somebody whose children or your grandchildren that are not baptized is bring up, because you have a good relationship, you can bring up just questions to ask them. You don't come in and say, you better get those kids baptized. That yeah, might not right, work right. unless you've got somebody working from both ends. You want to give her, you want to start understanding her. So one, have a good relationship with her, and then just ask questions like, do you believe in spiritual things, or do you just believe that what we see is here? Well, everybody believes in spiritual things, or most people do. They know that there's a a spiritual life uh, besides our physical life. And then say, do you believe in grace? Do you believe in grace? Do you know what grace is? Well, grace is... God's life and God's love in our soul. Although he created all of us in his image and likeness, we have to make a decision that we want 
God's life and love in our soul by being baptized. And we believe this so strongly that we want God's life and love in our souls that we give this as a gift to our children. So ask her, do you understand what grace is? Well, it's God's life and love in your soul. And then you can say, I was wondering if you um, really understood what grace is, um, if it's something you'd want for your children, because you know it's a better gift than Christmas gifts or clothes or food. And if you'd want that for your kids, consider learning more about the sacrament of baptism and what that can do for them. And then point to what, where these kids will need it. And then you can say, because you know what? Life is going to get tough. And they're going to need some direction. And they're going to need the grace to resist the temptations of the world so they can live a good life and be happy. So present it to her that way. Thanks for the call, Pat. That will help a lot of other people, too. Thanks for being with us today. This is Colleen Kelly-Mass reminding you to be good, do good, live in God's love, and be Christ to others. Mass Appeal is produced by Ave Maria Radio and broadcast through the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Copies can be purchased or free downloads can be found at the Ave Maria website, AveMariaRadio.net. If you have a comment or question for Colleen, write to Colleen at AveMariaRadio.net or Mast Appeal at AveMariaRadio.net. And listen for Mast Appeal Saturday mornings from 9 to 11 Eastern Time for free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. This is a Life News Radio special. I'm Jim Anderson. Young women are being faced with persuasive arguments for the abortion pill. LifeNews.com features...